Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, this is Larry Charles. I am the co-host of Game Dev Unchained Podcast, the number one podcast for video game development and true stories. Uh, I've got my best friend, co-host, and Asian Santa Claus, Mr. Brandon Pham. Ho, 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 guys, what's up? This is the bitter half, Brandon Pham. Uh, welcome this week with uh, Jeff Spoonhauer. How are you doing, Jeff? Hey, Larry and Brandon. Doing well. Thanks for having me on the show. Welcome, man. Welcome. Glad to have yeah. you. Thanks. It's awesome. Yeah. This is, the be fir- here. this is the first 6 a.m. podcast I've ever done. <laughs> <laughs> this is the last time you'll ever interview anybody on Eastern Time. <laughs> yeah. So, Jeff, uh, you know, you're over at the uh, East Coast. Um, can you walk us through your resume? Kind of just get the sure. listeners to know who, yeah. who you are. Absolutely. Um, so I guess I'll, I'll start back with my, uh, with my education. Um, I went to uh, the University of Notre Dame, studied film. So um, uh, studied live action film production and uh, graduated in 99. Went straight to grad school at Rochester Institute of Technology, which is where yeah. I grew up in, in upstate New York. Yep, I'm from, from Rochester. Um, and uh, got my MFA in computer animation in 2002. And... Uh, that was sort of like, you know, that was the Wild West of game. That was when people were ramping up for PS2, Xbox One. Oh, man. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, back in the day. Um, so, yeah, sent out my, um, my short thesis film from grad school as my portfolio. Sort of just blasted it out to probably 50 studios and um, had three bites and ended up uh, starting as a character animator at EA uh, down in Orlando at Tiburon, EA Tiburon. Um, Worked on NFL Street 1 and 2 as an animator um, and uh, realized that I would probably be working on football games for a really, really long time <laughs> if I uh, had stayed there. So then I went to, um, to Volition, uh, the Saints Row Red Faction studio. Um, <coughs> they were just wrapping up The Punisher for PS2 and they were starting a cinematics department for the first Saints Row. So I was their first um, cinematic um, artist hire. Wow. And became the lead cinematic artist on Saints Row, like um, directing the movies and mocap actors and all that stuff. Um, spent a couple of years there, and then uh, ended up doing a lot of uh, a lot of full time contracting for um, for Sony from home. So uh, working with another guy to create pre rendered cinematics for um, games in the Siphon Filter series, uh, Resistance Retribution, some PSP stuff. Um, uh, had our first kid. Interrupt me if I'm if I'm giving you too many details. No, no, no uh, please. Is this good? Okay. Yeah, build rapport uh, with the uh, Nice, nice. Yeah, uh, Siphon Filter, Logan's Shadow, Resistance Retribution. My wife and I had our first kid in 2007, and we kind of freaked out because I, I didn't have any real health insurance. So um, I took another full-time job at, um, at Day One Studios in Baltimore and worked on a game called Fracture. Uh, the East uh, Baltimore was not our thing, so we left... After about a year, um, did some more full-time freelancing. Um, for those uh, your listeners that have played Uncharted Golden Abyss, the Vita game, um, mm. I was the guy that did all of the uh, cinematic facial animation for, for that game. So hand-keyed uh, facial animation for Uncharted, which was oh, which was, which was amazing. I mean, I'm the biggest, just like everybody, everybody loves Uncharted. Right. So when I found out that that was the, it was all secretive. They wouldn't tell me what the project was. Uh-huh. And then they're like... They're like, congratulations! You've you're going to be animating Nathan Drake oh. and Sol- Victor Sullivan. That's uh, awesome! Yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Goddamn, <laughs> um, lots of goddams. Uh, 
And then, uh, yeah, so worked on that, a couple more freelance projects, and then ended up getting getting hired full-time by 2K Marin on um, Bioshock 2. And I was at 2K for almost six years working on, oh, man, Bioshock 2, Mafia 2, Spec Ops The Line, both Borderlands, The Bureau, Duke Nukem Forever, and then the last project I worked on at 2K was Evolve. Um, oh, nice. Yeah, uh, and I was a, a senior video editor and animator at 2K, and then uh, four year, uh, three and a half years ago, I got hired at the University of Notre Dame. So now I am um, uh, an assistant professor at Notre Dame, building a program in computer animation and Damn. sound design and game Damn. design. And that's that is finally what led me to doing full time indie development. So that's yeah. It's been a it's been a good run. It's been almost fourteen years now, which is crazy. Yeah, but in fourteen years, I think you named fourteen titles. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah which much. is yeah, which is really unusual. Like, yeah, I was really lucky to all of the games I worked on shipped. Mm-hmm. Oh um, man, which is that's, nuts. that's just like that's yeah. a perfect record. Who the hell are it's you? A perfect batting. I don't I don't follow baseball, so I don't know what my uh, what that's my, why Notre Dame hired you, man. You're batting, you're batting a thousand. If, <laughs> if <laughs> is what they would say. Yeah, so um, so I've been really, really fortunate to work with some amazing people. Um, I'm sure we'll get to that, but um, yeah. So so now I'm I'm in my basement again, working on an indie game, and I'm I'm and my office at Notre Dame is in the basement too. So I've had a hard time escaping basements. <laughs> That's where we belong, though. In the like basement. a true true game developer. Yeah. But you don't yeah. live in your mother's basement. Is the, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, that's, you made it out of that basement. Yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. That's, Depends that's, on that's the one that counts. I have my own basement now. <laughs> that I don't escape from. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. So, so that's my that's my story. So Jeff, like you obviously had an illustrious career. You worked uh, remotely. You worked inside the house. You worked indie. Now you're a teacher. Like we, uh, I, I met Jeff back at 2K, and uh, I guess that's when you were 15 titles in <laughs> by the time I met you. <laughs> yeah, and we, I, unfortunately, we didn't have, we didn't spend a whole lot of time together, which is kind of a bummer. But yeah, but I, I, I was yeah. peeking, I was you're watching you from across the room. Like <laughs> I noticed, you were, the, you were the creep. You yeah, were the, I was you're creeping like, on you. The eyes like, of the monitor. Yeah, but this, you know, I, I, I realized, I knew. Like, you were really, really, really good. Like, you were one of those guys that I would tell Larry about, like, one of those dangerous cats that <laughs> would know everything about game development because you were yeah. that, you, you kind of handled the whole cinematics for us. Like, from, from animation, from modeling to lighting. It was, like, it was pretty uh, impressive, man. So yeah, that's like, fun. Yeah, that came from probably your background of just being, just learning every program and, and yeah. And, Going through the the track, yeah, I mean, exactly. I think that really started back in grad school. Um, what we did there is uh, it was all individual CG films, so each person would make two or three short films over the course of grad school. So I had to learn all the processes, all the pipelines, um, which was just invaluable for me when I got to um, you know working professionally. I wasn't f- super focused on one thing. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, that totally helps build your uh, <laughs> indie drive. Like, uh, right now you're you're kind of like a two man team, right? On, on your team, on your own indie game. Yeah. Yep. So. Um, yep. The game I'm I'm working on right now is called A New The Distant Light, and mm-hmm. um, it's a yep, it's a two man project. I'm working with 
an incredibly talented um, senior software engineer and designer named Steve Copeland. Mm-hmm. Um, so Steve's in LA, and he worked at he worked at EA, he worked at Bioware, um, Petroglyph, um, kind of worked his way up into um, senior positions, and and uh, yeah, so two people, yeah, building an entire world. It's it's insane. <laughs> yeah. Scope, my friend. Scope. Scope. Yeah. Yeah. No, we have. Yeah. We, we. And that's. Yeah. That's. We would not even be remotely prepared for doing this game if we hadn't gone through the fire. You know, the fire yeah. of lots of AAA games. We would never be doing this. So um, we feel oh. like we're in a pretty good position. Oh, that's right. awesome. When did you guys decide to come together on this project and how did that happen? Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, kind of a funny story. So in July of 2014, I was driving with my family to a 4th of July parade. And uh, a good friend of mine and former classmate, Tom Happ. So this is the guy who did the game Axiom Verge. I don't know if mm-hmm. you guys have heard of that. Yeah, so um, so Tom and I went to grad school together. And he was winning all these awards and he was getting covered at E3. Oh, so, man. Yes. That's one of the uh, Larry and I have a joke, inside joke with that, where he's like, <laughs> when we hear our friends, you know, getting good news and it's not malice or anything, he's like, "We're so happy for you." Yeah, I'm so, so happy for you. Yeah, and yeah. You're like saltily clapping. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I did not, I did not call him and say, "Hey, man, you got you looking for any? Uh, you know, I'm looking for a new job. You, you looking for any new artists?" It wasn't one of those things. Yeah, yeah. it was like. It was like, Tom, I just started teaching. Like, I'm on the tenure track at Notre Dame. I have to start, like, as a part of my, my teaching, I have to do research. So mm-hmm. I get to make indie games and, and for my research at Notre Dame. Which yeah. Is cool. yeah, so I, yeah, so I emailed Tom, and I'm like, dude, do you want to make a game together after you're done with Axiom Verge? And he was like, I still have at least another year, year and a half of porting and stuff. But I have this good friend named Steve Copeland who just quit um, full-time AAA development to start his own indie thing, and Steve is looking for a creative partner. So mm-hmm. he introduced Steve and I, and then that we started working together in the summer of 2014 on our on our game. All right. So, yeah, mutual friend. Oh, very nice. And- I've always uh, found teaching like as a great um, side income that could become like a full-time thing. And especially with a family, right? You you have three kids, and everything. It's uh, it's very hard to go uh, quit cold turkey <laughs> to go and do oh, triple, yeah. To, oh, absolutely, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I wouldn't be doing, I wouldn't be doing indie development professionally full time if I wasn't teaching. It's just, I mean, I have three, I have three kids, so there's no way. And that's that happens all the time with people yeah. with families. You get kind of. I don't want to say stuck in a, in, in a AAA uh, full time job, but I'll it's, say it's it for a, you. You're trapped, <laughs> dude. There you go. You are totally trapped. Um, uh, but it's just a huge financial risk. So the fact that I have a full time teaching salary allows me to um, yeah. relatively low risk take on indie development. But my partner Steve, he is he's all in on this. This is his full time thing. So so um, yeah, yeah. It's, it's always it's good a big to. Deal. Have at least one guy who's twenty four seven on it. Yeah, keep the ship afloat. Yeah, yeah. 
So a lot of this, um, I I know that you did some remote work on, on on a few companies. Is this something that you you planned on, or it just happened spontaneously, or how how do you get to work re, you know out of the office? Yeah, and, and on big titles like that. I think for me, it started. I have you have to have this attitude of just being like, yes, I'm going to take some risks in my life. I I I have to take some calculated risks. So. That's what happened with me initially. I um, we had shipped Saint, the first Saints Row for um, Xbox 360 launch title back in the summer of 2006, and I was contacted by um, the art director that I worked with at EA. Um, his name is Dustin Hansen, um, amazingly talented artist, great guy. He calls me, and, and he was um, he basically just said, "Look, I have this this contact at Sony um, Sony Bend, the guys in Oregon, and they're looking for." Uh, a group to create the cinem- the pre-rendered cinematics for um, Siphon Filter Logan Shadow. Right. Do you want Do you want to quit and work from home with me on these cinematics? And I'm like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I was I was ready to to leave Volition at that time. So I'm like, this is an this is an incredible opportunity. Um, so yeah, that's when I started. I just said, yes, I'm going to I'm going to do this and just and just take the risk. And I didn't have kids at the time, so it was sort of like, nice. yeah, yeah, man, whatever. <laughs> No one to hold you back. Yeah. <laughs> um, Sorry, kids. Yeah, so that's how it. That's really how it started, and I and I was bitten by the bug of just like commanding my own ship and like um, really creating all the success and the failure was completely on myself and my partner. Like you, you can't when you're when you're contracting, you can't hide behind a team of 150, 200 people. Yep. Like two or three people, like everything you do has to be meticulously executed, um, delivered on time, on budget. Um, so, so that's how I got started. And um, Sony Bend has been my was my main client, and they just kept, kind of kept coming back for more. Um, so that's how it began. Yeah, that's how that's how it began. Now, on any of the projects that you were, I guess, corresponding, you know, or excuse me, what's the best word for it? You're working at home, basically. Yeah. Uh, were any of those projects, you know, like top security risk projects where they were first kind of adverse to, you know, VPN or direct network for your, yeah, you know, did, did you encounter any of those kind of troubles? And then they're like, oh, but this guy's so good. Let's just make it work. Like, yeah, you know, I never had to do any crazy security stuff with Sony okay. um, or working full time remote with 2K. Um, I think there's just that, tr- that, that trusting relationship is, is really um what allowed any of this to happen, especially 2K. Um, so what happened with them is I was working in-house on Bioshock 2 um, as an in-house contractor, and at the end of the project, they're like, they're like, dude, we really like your work. Um, why don't you just move out here full-time to um, Marin County? And my wife and I, it, it's the greatest place. Like, Marin County is absolutely beautiful, right. but the, the cost of living is just... Ass- it's just, yeah, it's just... <laughs> it's out of control we had just bought a house in ohio and we're like i mean our house that the the housing costs are like six times as much as the midwest this guy has Um, found the loophole dude (laughs) totally so i just said hey we like each other a lot yeah Um, this was Alyssa, Alyssa finley at marin Mm. and i'm like what how about you just let me go back to my house in ohio and work remotely full-time so they went and had some conversations and they're like let's let's do it so give me california wages yeah (laughs) 
Yeah, un- <laughs> unfortunately, my buddies at, at Marin found out that I was making California money in Ohio, and then they never talked to me. That was the end of the relationship. Oh wow, man. <laughs> Uh, see that that's that's an example of I'm so happy, happy for you. <laughs> now you understand the context uh, completely. <laughs> totally. Jeff uh, actually had a house. <laughs> I actually, yeah, actually, I have owned houses. Yeah, yeah. That's amazing. You hear that, folks? Plural houses. Houses. Not, not simultaneously. No, no, I'm just teasing. <laughs> so um, I got to get no. on this work from home stuff. Yeah, and that's everybody started asking me. So. Well, I mean, like that idea of working from home is still very new to AAA development. Like, executives want you in the office, yeah. so because that's where their power reigns. <laughs> so, if you're outside that reach, you know, you're kind of on your own, and it's just on your terms too. Well, I will. I want to jump in. There's also the fact that, like, you know, for our former AAA employer, Mr. Brandon Fam, yeah. remember they had a, a script leak that basically said this right, is the right, game right. before right, right. the game came out. You know, so. I understand why having everyone in office, you know, without the ability to take away files, it's it's it, you're protecting a very big IP and you don't want leaks, you know. I, I get that, but so, most of those leaks yeah. are from little a holes. <laughs> it's not from employees who <laughs> no, are like, it's, yeah, totally. <laughs> who are it's working the, remotely. Yeah, dude, it is. It is. It's a lot. Like we had a, we had that problem on Fracture where like one day we they called the whole team together and they're like, someone just leaked the entire story yeah. to this game. And it's usually it's usually a temp. Mm. It usually comes back to someone who's a temp person. I mean, not to trash no, yeah. temp employees, but that's yeah, not you, you good ones. You're terrible temp people. <laughs> <laughs> My contract's up. I'm no longer an employee. You didn't yep. convert me to full time. Okay, yeah, I'll show you. Think about it, man. If if you living in Ohio and you're nice. Huge house with California <laughs> <laughs> wages. It's a modest gonna, house. Modest yeah, you're not you're not going to screw that up by by releasing scripts. Yeah. Come on, none of us are going to really do that, except if you're, you're like a temp guy or, or someone like salty. Dude, you got yeah. you got temporary people all over sweating in their boots now. <laughs> Dude, no, yeah. yeah, I didn't I didn't mean to do that. Yeah. Hey, I mean technically, I was temp at Marin when I first started, so yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I did everything I possibly could to make them ha- to make two K happy, and right. we just had a great relationship. And and I credit some of the higher up people, like all the way up to like the VPs of marketing, who that's who I was, that's who I reported to directly, to mm-hmm. being open minded and trusting enough to allow that to um, to happen. Because, like you said, Brandon, like ninety nine percent, I've never known anybody else that has been allowed to work full time remote, and it's because they're just so paranoid about about security stuff so i do understand yeah where that's where that's coming from there's also, i feel like uh, go, go ahead, ahead. no no go ahead man. no i feel like it's it's that mindset is shifting uh, as we go into mobile development and in more indie development i feel like that old way um is thankfully changing um I mean, people are going to be more and more open to that idea because i really do feel that development uh is moving out of the house, brick and yeah, brick and mortar houses, and and more so that we individually can work from our home. You know, it's more of a natural way of development, in, in my opinion. So hopefully, uh, my hunches are correct yeah. <laughs> because that's what I really do want. <laughs> it's a and it's a culture thing. It's a studio culture thing. I mean, after I left Volition, they started apparently started doing a lot more of that because people, the senior senior guys and girls, were all starting to have families, and they're like. Yeah. If you want your studio to exist and to make games, there's got to be some sort of flexibility and 
So I think they started to allow some people to work from home, and that became the culture. Right. Um, but um, well, I yeah, mean, like well, exactly. Like go, like, ahead, the, go ahead. The uh, development studios are so far and few in between. Like it doesn't make sense to to always move people out, and especially if you're like not in L.A. or not in San Francisco, where it's very concentrated in in game development studios. It it is even more of a risk for the individual to completely move from their hometown. And what if something happens to the company? Now you got to move again. And most, you know, in your in your fourteen title plus career, like how many times have you uh, have you moved? <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah, moving is just. It's hard, yeah. How many times have I moved? Let's see. I was like the typical every two and a half year artist, yeah. getting getting bored and moving around. So, yeah, 2002 to 2004 was at EA. Moved to um, Champaign, Illinois. Was there for two years. Moved to Baltimore for a year. Moved to Ohio, back to Ohio for five years. Moved to San Francisco for a year. Moved back to Ohio. And then now we're in Indiana. It's uh, in South Bend. So, yeah, I mean... Not completely out of you know five whatever five moves. Yeah, that's very normal. Yeah, exactly. It's, like yeah, we're unfazed, but somebody out of the industry would five times. <laughs> but you got to go five with the like. Friends. But it was it was. I tell people like it was stressful, but it was also moving around to studios a lot was pr- one of the best things I ever did for my career because right. you just your network expands so much. You learn how. You learn different development processes. You're, um, and you just get to see different parts of the country and the world, which is awesome. So yeah. I don't think it's a bad thing, really. How does your family feel about that? <laughs> yeah, it's a good thing. Like my wife is see that empty chair behind me. She's yeah. not there. No, and that's – I listened to your podcast from a month or so ago. Um, you had a guy on talking about family uh, and being in the games industry, and I was like, man, this is – this does not get talked about enough. Um, she, if you want to, if you want to be a game developer and have a mar- like have a successful marriage and family, you have to marry someone who completely supports you yeah. and your passion for your art or your your whatever you do professionally, or else. Right. So she's been behind it, and I think looking back, she would probably say the same thing. Like, right. it's it's been a good experience, but. Um, we moved to Baltimore with a two-week-old. Our first baby was two weeks old. It was, oh, man. It was brutal. So, Baby, do you want to eat? Do you want to eat? <laughs> <laughs> we got to go move, baby. Yeah, we're going to go work on Saints Row. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that's too funny. Saints Row, bitches. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Man, I played game, the man. first Saints Row, like, I think two or three years ago. And all I can say is we've come a long way. And I don't mean that as an insult. Because <laughs> yeah. I, I remember no, no. I didn't get to play it when it first came out. And, I, you know, there's like Saints Row 4 now. And I hate to, like, play things out of the sequence. So I was like, oh, let me go get Saints Row 1. I could probably get it for, like, 10 bucks. I was wrong about that. It cost me almost 30 <laughs> So I'm oh. well, I, I bought a brand new. Just oh, okay. So yeah, I'm playing yeah. it. And I'm like, man, somewhere in the series, they definitely double, triple down on the comedy. But yeah. I remember playing it. I was like, "Oh my goodness!" I'm so happy to see like how far gaming has come. Because remember, Xbox came out where like, or Xbox 360, like, "Wow, look at Gears of War! This is such an impressive looking game." Yeah, blah, blah, yeah. And now the stuff we're making is like clowning. You yeah, know, yeah, I don't know. Way. I just wanted it's to take like, a small moment to acknowledge the the industry's oh, yeah. overall growth. Because 
That's cool. Oh, man. yeah. And you forget, too. I mean, you forget, like, what the games look like and how they play and all yeah. the mechanics. And it's, yeah, totally. Yeah. Don't so that wasn't an insult at all. That was just oh, man. a notice. You cannot, of, you, yeah, yeah. Okay. You, you can't offend. There's nothing you can say that can offend. If you work long enough in the games industry, it's hard to be offended. You have yeah. to develop a pretty thick skin. Oh, that is for sure, man. So keep like, going. <laughs> Bring it on. So, uh, you know, work. You worked on pretty much since PS2 era, and to yeah. me, that era. I grew up in that era, and those games to me were like the best. Like that's when <laughs> development was mostly about game design first, right. art second, and uh, seeing the team sizes, the differences as you were going through. Like, what yeah. were the takeaways that you felt uh, were changing, were were right. beneficial, or, or cons to that? Yeah, that's that's totally true. Um, yeah, so my first game in the industry was the first NFL Street in two thousand and two. Yes. So I think our team. Um, the the entire development team. I don't even think we were they were outsourcing at that point, which is right. crazy to to think. What about. is that? <laughs> yeah, I think we had like fifty people on the 50. entire team, um, and it was totally. And this was sort of a, a studio culture thing at Tiburon, but it was completely engineering driven. It was complete. It wasn't art driven. It was gameplay, code driven, and then the art team. We had to create our assets to 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 fit into to funnel into that. Um, right. And then going to um, to Volition, they were just coming off of the Punisher for, for PS2, Xbox One, and they were right around the same size, like 40, 50 people. So when we did the launch, uh, Saints Row, the launch title for Xbox 360, they were, I mean, the studio just like doubled in size over the course of a year. They were just, it was, it was, the, it was the most stressful internal project that I worked on because, you know, anytime you work on a launch title, it's just out of control. Yeah. Uh, but the fact that they were just hiring tons and tons of people. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, the, the teams just kept getting bigger and bigger. Um, and then really what happened is outsourcing happened because yeah. they realized we can't pay we can't pay senior engineers artists, 90, yeah. 90 grand, 80 grand a year for yeah. 200 people sitting around not working at maximum efficiency. So that's when midway through uh, Xbox 360 PS3 generations right. when outsourcing became a thing. Yeah. Um so I think you're really touching on a very uh real topic there like yeah. you know um nowadays AAA is kind of being um hampered with with growing team sizes and contracting is more becoming of a regular thing than full-timers and the devaluing of of senior artists who are who are kind of maturing with the industry but not being as appreciated because you know they're being paid full-time and a lot of development at the end is just sitting around and waiting for the next thing so yeah i think yeah, it no, caused I mean, more problems than <laughs> solutions for our industry just growing such it's you know, it's caused life. problems for individuals but i think no. it's solved problems for the studios right, right. because now right. they're getting their games made for x number of dollars less than yeah. had they had they hired a full-time staff so exactly. but, but that's what that's what has to be done if games want to continue to be made it's yeah it's nuts i mean there's a whole other podcast you, I'm sure you could do on <laughs> on, on the business side, on outsourcing, yeah. Um, <laughs> the last two minutes, this sucks. <laughs> <laughs> but I know Marin did a ton. I mean, 2K yeah. do, did a lot of that hiring oh, full-time. Everyone does it, yeah. Everybody, in, in a, yeah, and everybody does it now where it's like you see job opening on, on websites and like half of the openings are temp yeah. contracts. 
yeah. effects artist temp contracts. Yep, yep. But yeah, 2K, as you mentioned, like I, I joined the team when we, I was like number 30 employee. Right. So we were still small in pre-production and everything and just saw it blow up. Yep. And then new people will come in and it's like, oh, are, are talking to me. It's like, oh, did you just start? It's like, motherfucker, I've been here for four years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You just started. How dare you? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Look how yeah. faded this company shirt <laughs> yeah. is, okay? Yeah. <laughs> See these bags <laughs> under my eyes? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, but it's a, it's, it's a funny problem to have to, to, to see so many new people like just come in at once. Yeah. And, and it's hard and to was, build yeah, a culture around that, right? Totally. And that was one of the wonderful things about working on smaller teams early on. And now working on a two-person team on an indie game is like we're working at like maximum efficiency, you know, one-hour meetings once a week. Yeah. Just, we're both working at home. Yeah. It's the it's like doing that type of thing is is sort of the opposite of working on a large team where you can you're, you're sort of skating along. Right. Smaller people, smaller team. So, so how did the uh, teaching opportunity uh, come up? Like, how did that all yeah. developed? So, um, so I'm teaching at at the University of Notre Dame now, and I'm a Notre Dame grad. So, uh, I kind yeah. So I kind of went off, did did my thing in animation and games, and um, my former professors here invited me back several times to talk about my career and what I'm doing and. Yeah. It's it's sort of naturally turned into this thing where they were like, we we need to be offering this type of stuff to our students if we want to be competitive and and prepare them for the marketplace. And uh-huh. it was a many year thing where we were talking, and then finally, um, uh, like a tenure track teaching position opened up. Someone retired in in the film department, which is where I am. Right. And it just turned into this thing where it was a really quick thing where I interviewed with them and they liked my plan or my vision for what I was going to offer. And, and, um, and they hired me so, uh, and I started as a, as sort of an, like a visiting, what they call visiting assistant professor for two years. Yeah. And then I had to, I had to reapply, like do a, they did a full national search for the, for the full-time person, which I think they, they like legally have to do that. Yeah. And, and then I got that job uh, a year and a half ago. So that's, that's how it happened. Oh, nice. Seeing, seeing your, uh, you know, you you working out these awesome deals that is very rare. <laughs> yeah. How how much of it is like inception, uh, inception <laughs> years oh, yeah. back, and then uh, you know how much of it is it's just like yeah. they looking for the opportunity. Like I'm sure it has more to do with you know you wanting to uh, to show them that you, there's a better way to doing this than than them just sitting around. Yeah. With, with Notre Dame, it was it was totally a bit of inception. Yeah. Um, I mean, this was back in 2008. We I started having conversations, and I'm saying, "You guys need to start offering animation, computer animation, and, and digital production stuff." Yeah. And they said, "They said we totally agree. It's just universities move really, really slow. So yeah. in all likelihood, it's probably going to take four or five years to get you here. And that's actually exactly. Wow. <laughs> it, it took you know four how years. Started before that meeting. Jeff's like, in four or five years, I want to go into. <laughs> <No. laughs> So yeah. I'm gonna go into Notre Dame and yeah, right. <laughs> oh, yeah. I got it all planned out, man. <laughs> That's not really how it works, but that was yeah. a bit of inception. <laughs> but everything else, man. I mean, you know how it is. Like this industry moves so fast. Like things yeah. are moving so quickly, and you just have to be able to make decisions quickly, yeah. um, and be able to take risks. So it was more that than me just like you know 
contacting people and saying, hey, you know what you're really <laughs> deficient in? <laughs> happens to be something that I offer, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. But we <laughs> definitely, definitely are very, very, it's very good at doing these uh, type of things that they need. And so I'm, I'm very happy for you, man, finding that Thanks. stability, honestly. Like, I, I teach on the side right now, and I can see, yeah. like, the benefits of it, man. And you go in, you teach these kids, inspire the youth, and then you can go home and work on your own shit. Yeah. And the other thing, it's like you have a responsibility as a teacher to tell your I have to, I tell my students what it's really like to right. work in the industry. You can't you cannot disillusion them. You cannot lie to them about what it's really like and they just have, you have to work really hard to to get your foot in the door. So I mm-hmm. I'm sure you're doing that. We're trying to. <laughs> you got you got to do that. Yeah. So. We we're, we're trying to do enough so that they don't get burned out already before going in. But yeah. it's more like, hey, you know, tread uh, cautiously. <laughs> These are the type of things you're going to see, at least, with this podcast. Right. So I think this is interesting that, you know, Notre Dame is offering, you know, computer entertainment, you know, classes and or video develop, video game development classes as well. Uh, can you help us gauge the interest in your classes? How many students are, are enrolled under your program right now? Right. So I'm in – I am – teaching in the film, television, and theater department. Okay. So traditionally, Notre Dame has a strong program in those areas. So okay. when they hired me, they're just, they were basically like, we want you to start to, to build this new stuff and offer these new classes. So um, so Notre Dame is a, is a liberal arts school. It's not SCAD. Mm-hmm. It's not RISD. It's not, um, you know, Ringling. So um, I sort of gather up get students from from computer science from film from design because these are the types of students that want to get into this stuff so my classes are mainly juniors and seniors so um capping out around 15 Mm. 15 students so because i have to support them and all of their projects and stuff Mm -hmm. and it's really hard to um to support all of these individual people i understand so, so that's that's the size of my classes is right around there, ten to 15, around fifteen. Yeah. But that's and that's just the start, you know. Like, right. Imagine four or five years from now, let alone, you know, four or five years from when they said they would bring you in. But after it's developed and flourished, some. Yeah, that's what we're hoping. And the, I mean, there's just so much interest in games and and, and visual effects and animation that I think yeah. it'll continue to continue to grow. Yeah, and, you know, people are finding out that there's jobs in this, you know, like, when we go back to where we come from, you know, we're kind of, I, f- I feel like I'm an outlier. It's like, hey, oh, I make video games for a living, and yeah. people's faces just, they like, <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, they still yeah. don't know, yeah. Yeah, so. Well, and their parents, like the kids, their students' parents don't, they still haven't gotten to that generation yet where the parents are like, yeah, you can have a viable career. Mm. Right. But with our generation, that's going to change. Oh, hell yeah. yeah. And I'm I also, uh, we're in the generation of you can't tell kids anymore that playing games isn't going to do anything good for them because, <laughs> like, <laughs> the most, yeah. the most, uh, I guess, lucrative job on YouTube is playing games and letting people watch. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm never going to tell my kids about that. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> but yeah, you know, I mean, it's great, dude. It's uh, like you're starting to. Um, you know, you kind of talked about how how you started your indie project. Um, how how many years have you, uh, or how how much time have you spent so far into that? Working on the game. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, so Steve and I hooked up in the summer of 2014. So we've been working full time on the game since then. So about a year and a half. Okay. Year and a half. Yeah. And and Steve had Steve had been looking for a creative partner for a, maybe six months or so before that, at least. So he had been doing quite a bit of. Uh, systems and um, coding and mechanics development on his own before we got together. So, right. so that's about how much time we've we've been working on the project. It's nuts. <laughs> uh, well, do you in, have in a rough games. idea? You know when you think you're gonna, I guess, ship, or is that something? You that's, know, it's okay I, I have this. You. Yeah, I have this list here in front of me, and this is like <laughs> Steve said. Make sure you don't talk about these things, and then that's like that's like the first one on the list. I'm, I'm just to be totally transparent. No, no, it's okay. Good. No worries. Cool. It's 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 like one of those we're gonna ship it when it's done because this is our first game, and it's incredibly important to just yeah. knock it out of the park. No worries. Kill it now. What what I can say is like, and Steve said this is we're like we're like halfway up Mount Everest right now is, mm-hmm. um, or we're like in our covered wagon going mm-hmm. across the uh, the country. Okay, and we're like somewhere in. Uh, Central Illinois. Okay, no worries. <laughs> but I promise I will let you know once we announce. Uh... I have to say, you are the first person to come into the podcast with a list of things not to say. <laughs> like... yeah. Well, dude, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm an actual game developer. Yeah, now. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. No, I don't mean that in an insulting way. I mean, like, huh. like this is a legit... It become, it's coming. Your, yeah. Larry and I will uh, soon need to have a list. <laughs> Seriously. It's pretty rough. I mean, it's, yeah. Oh. Uh. That's cool. But, yeah, you got you guys are this this podcast is I was so excited to find this and I was telling Brandon I'm like, dude, if if I had had a podcast like this when I was in grad school, like people coming on and actually saying what it was like. Yeah. That was, it's such a great resource. So, yeah, you would not work in the industry. <laughs> no, no, no. That's that's not true. <laughs> Maybe it's good that I didn't. Yeah, totally. Look, if if this podcast in any way helps separate wheat from chaff or or at least yeah. lets people know what they're going to get into it's a much better position legitimately yeah it's it's worthwhile you know it's still it's a great i mean i I cannot imagine doing anything else i love what i do yeah you guys love what you do or you wouldn't be doing it so yeah exactly you're just pooping on it (laughs) pooping on it serving it (laughs) i'm just describing what we do with very descriptive words that's just and but being honest about it there's no embellishing on this podcast we just tell it like it is and i'm yeah. very happy to have you up here doing the same yeah yep. because um it's therapy of anything it's like post-traumatic stress <laughs> <laughs> and we're like being therapeutic with it yep. we're talking about it but like uh at, at, before you guys go into the indie development like is uh you know is everything kind of going to plan i'm sure there's some ups and downs and stuff but like i'm like how has the experience been yeah. is it to your expectations you know, honestly, I had no expectations. It was kind of like one of those situations where I said, yes, I'm just going to do this. And I have this amazing opportunity to work. I, I was just totally introduced to this guy who's crazy talented. Um, and we just hit it off. So, God, it's making an, making like an ambitious indie game. Not like, not like a quick turnaround mobile type thing, yeah. but like a big project mm-hmm. is... It's just nuts. It's because the reason why is because we're each wearing like I'm wearing the hats of an entire art department right now, right? So I'm I'm kind of drawing on everything that I've learned in every position at every yeah. studio that I've, I've ever done and trying to like put it all together into a cohesive package. Like I got to be 
you know, I wrote the story. I'm doing all the character modeling, level yeah. art, sound yeah. design, marketing, web, de- web, de- you know what I mean? That's the, fun. Yeah, that's awesome. Gotta, it is fun, but like you have to, you have to be able to like see the forest through the trees and, and you know, you're like, you're, I'm grinding away on on creating this character model, and then at the same time, I got to be able to step back and be like, "Is the story of the game making sense?" Right. Right. Uh, or like, we have to talk with our CPA this week, or <laughs> whatever. So, um, so I didn't really have expectations, but I'm learning a lot, um, and I'm learning that yeah, to do a big project like this, having that AAA experience is, I would say, essential. Right. So that's my advice even to my students who are like yeah i want to make a game an indie game and i said well just scope it way down if you want to experiment but if you want to do a big game like my recommendation is to get it get studio work to learn how to budget time um (laughs) and be a professional yeah work work really fat like you have to be able to work especially on on an indie game you have to be just like working at maximum efficiency all the time yeah if you're ever going to get it done if you're going to get it done in less than three years. Yeah. What's funny is uh, with your game, I see that it's going to have the shortest credits of a game ever. <laughs> and when it comes to dividing the royalties, it's going to be very simple. <laughs> very nice. Yeah. yeah. And we had a lot of talks about that. And that's, it's not, it's, it really isn't like, if we make a ton of money, mm-hmm. I mean, awesome. Yeah. We all, we all want to make as much money as we can in whatever we do. But for us, it's like, can we build this huge open world science fiction world between two people and make it awesome um and fun and critically and commercially successful mm-hmm. with between two two pers- two people and a composer um yeah. and we've we've spent a lot of time and put a lot of thought into like building pipelines and systems that will allow us to do that so it's not like we're just we're making the game in unity it's not like we just opened up unity and we're using off, you know off the shelf tools built yeah. in like there's yeah. a ton of r and d time went into building stuff so well can you take us through that then would you say if you could just draw up a ratio for us how much of your time was you know actually planning to make the game or preparing to make this game and then how much of your time was actually okay we got everything in place now let's start developing yeah well like i said before steve put in probably a year of his own time full time developing Mm -hmm. um some systems and mechanics in unity um when i came on he basically was like I just need someone to do all the art and re- come up with the, the world and the story, mm-hmm. which is a great opportunity. Um, so we probably spent before we really started like hammering away in on full development, we spent at least I'd say probably six months of, of um, I don't want to say we weren't like working on spreadsheets the whole time. It was sort of like this, everything was sort of mixed together. Mm-hmm. Um, but really full like full production started um a little over a year ago right. um just can we make this mm-hmm. and and we you just have to have that at that pioneering attitude of being like i think we can it's going to be really hard to right. figure out how to do this but if we can do it if we can like draw from all of our professional experiences and do it it's going to be really special and we're not going to have a lot of competition because there are very few people that are willing to, to do it to to like go, go the distance. So, um, it it was scary, but fun. Well, I can't wait to see it when you're ready to talk about it and advertise. I'm very excited to see the potential of what a three man team can do. Cause imagine 
if you put this game out and it's gangbusters, right? You know how much ammunition that's yeah. going to be to help some of these people unchain themselves and like, hey, man, yeah. you know what? This is inspiring. Look at these guys. They had this great idea. They didn't give up. They executed. And, right. you know, now they're working for themselves full time. You know, that's what I want to yeah. do. But I'm stuck here doing X, <laughs> Y, and Z. <laughs> like, yeah. I often, yeah, like, I often hark back. You know, I know, you know, with our experience through AAA, it helps us, you know, realize scheduling and all this different stuff. But I often go back to see, like, what if I plucked that kid, you know, myself from college, you know, after graduation and let him do an indie project? Like, how much spark and motivation that that person would have had? Like, you know, the biggest thing with our industry is, like, there's a lot of burnout, right? And a lot of it has to do with non-game development that burns us out. And so how, you know, it'd be nice to skip all that and just gain the knowledge that is necessary and still keep that, that spirit <laughs> that we had but, right, right out of school. Yeah. You know. But I think um, for me, like going full-time indie, I would have never done it if I hadn't had that studio experience right. because, yeah. I, because for me, it's like I had 13, you know, 12 or 13 years of working full-time on those big projects. I just got to the point where, like, you know, I have my own ideas now, and I've had these ideas for a long time, and I think I'm ready to actually, yeah. to do it. I don't, I don't want to work on any other person's vision right now. Like, I have my own vision yeah. for something, and it's time for me to, to, uh, to just see if I can make it happen. Um, so there's a there's, I'm not like I'm not trying to defend big studios here at all, but there's yeah. like there's just so much value in yeah, of course, in, of in, course, in, yeah. Um, and Larry, you're asking about the game. We have uh. The game is public now. We have a website and some videos. Oh, right, right. Um, so if you don't mind me sort of uh, Plug it doing in, a man. little self-promotion. Yeah, so the, the website is anewthegame.com. So that's A-N-E-W, thegame.com. Yeah. Um, so we've got screenshots. We've got a link to YouTube. And uh, about a month ago, we started releasing some little teaser gameplay videos. So Yeah. Um, we'll put this all in the show notes. Uh, if you listen, oh, cool. click away. Yeah. Um, we, Looks amazing, other, man. Oh, thanks. Um, it's other, nice that you were able to come in and like, like, throw away the programmer garbage art. <laughs> and yeah. sure, you're like, it's my time. <laughs> <laughs> you definitely need an artist right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, we're excited, and we also we haven't really um, publicly announced this yet, but so like, you guys are gonna get. Uh, Oh, shit. Exclusive, exclusive, but we are oh. a, as of about a week ago. We are now officially licensed Xbox and PlayStation devices. Oh, boom! Oh. Uh, so, in your face, big time. In your publishers. face, yeah. <laughs> so we, we we were just we were just accepted into uh, ID at Xbox and the PlayStation's uh, nice. indie dev, dev program. Yeah, so we're super excited, and it seems like it's going to happen. Dude, it's gonna, it's not Seems man. like it's going to happen, man. It's going to yeah. happen. It's happening. Congratulations. Thank this you. is awesome. I'm gonna follow, you know, this the develop, or I guess the rest of the development. But uh, I'm I'm kind of clicking around on your site right now. <laughs> Sorry if I <laughs> yeah look yeah distracted. no no go ahead absolutely yeah that's great um, man yes yeah, so congratulations working around the clock like so so how how much of it is around the clock like how many hours are you putting into into the game how many hours are you doing in school like what what's your yeah. schedule like right now so. Man, with it's, kids and everything. Yeah, it's it's out. It really is nuts. I mean, and people ask me, "How are you doing this?" And I'm, I never have a good answer. It's just like <laughs> I just try to get through each day. 
um, it's it's just booked all the time. I mean, I get up at early and I get up at seven in the morning. I help get my kids out the door, give them get them clothed and breakfasted and uh, to school, and then I start going as fast as I can, basically all day long. Um, uh, I teach in the mornings pretty much uh, and early afternoons at Notre Dame. So when I'm done teaching, I just go straight back home and work in my office. Um, just crank all the way up to dinner, help get the kids to bed, and then start working again. Yeah. Um, hang out with my wife for a little bit. Um, for 15 minutes, yeah. Gotta, gotta <laughs> keep that going, yeah. But, um, but um, yeah, I mean, hours a week. You know, I work, I try and work really, use my time really efficiently and work really fast. So, I don't know, probably on average, maybe 50 hours a week. All right. Because I, I don't want to burn out. Yeah. You guys know. <laughs> but this is like 50 it's, hours. 50 hours after teaching and after parental teach. duties. and That's total. I would say probably total. 50 to fifty to 60 hours total with everything. All right. oh, okay, gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, not 50 hours and then all the other I stuff. Like, I would be it, dead. I was like, where? What? I would be totally dead. <laughs> I would actually be dead. I didn't graduate with a math major, but... <laughs> <laughs> Like thirty-seven hours a day. Yeah. This guy, is... <laughs> this guy is. <laughs> but let's. I mean, and it's a different thing, though. It's like it's it's. Uh, you're working fifty-hour weeks, not for someone else's vision, but for yourself. Exactly. That and that's yeah. totally what it that is. Totally it's switches. Like, yeah. Yeah, and I'm like when I'm in front of my computer at home doing my doing art for the game, I'm totally at peace. Yeah. That's when I am at peace. It's quiet. I have my music going, and then that's like your zen. You know, you guys know exactly rhythm, what yeah. I'm talking. Yeah. yeah, it's such a such a great thing, dude. Uh, it's aspiring, dude. <laughs> that, I mean, that's everyone's that's every development dream to to work on your own shit. Uh, pretty yeah. much, it's like it's a uh, it's what we do every day just to make sure that we get there. Yeah, every single game developer we know has that game idea that they're like, as soon as I get Itching. two or three yeah. more cool people that I can trust, yeah, we yep. quit. <laughs> We're gonna do this. <laughs> And and I hope that more of that happens. Yes, yeah, it is a big risk. It's a huge financial risk, is what it is. I think right. is what it, what is frightening, especially for people with kids. I mean, yeah. you can't put your family at risk just because you want to make an indie game. Yeah, there, you got to be sure bets with stuff. <laughs> you can. You totally could. I mean, you'd be a total ass, but <laughs> <laughs> tell your kids to stop eating so much. <laughs> yeah, one of the parents has to be making money. I yeah, mean, uh, it's it's yeah. like basic economics. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, so we're we're really excited, and it's just so much work, and it's a lot of stress. Um, a lot of it for me now is just balancing my. It's not so much the development of the game; it's like everything surrounding it. It's like yeah. making sure I'm being a good dad and a good yeah, husband, yeah, yeah. Yeah. and um, like life balancing stuff. So, Man, life balance is something that the game industry as a whole needs to just adopt and pursue. Yeah, because I mean, life well, is work. Work is life. But what balance are what balance are you referring to? Yeah, <laughs> That's it. and the reason why you guys are laughing is exactly why I bring this up. Oh, producers will say, "No, everything's balanced." Look, you don't need the Ford housing. You can sleep here at the office. We you know the food in the kitchen for you guys. <laughs> food in the kitchen. What are you talking about? The, the best oh, people that I've the best people like managers and producers that I've worked with are people that have kids. Yeah, because they understand. They have to, they have to understand. They, yeah, they understand what it's really like, um, and they re- they have respect for you and sort of your time and everything. So, um, yeah. All right. Well, um, speaking of time, 
it is break time. Let's uh, run a commercial, and we will be right back with more Game Dev Unchained, the podcast. Hey everybody, it's Larry here from Game Dev Unchained, the podcast. I just wanted to take a moment to thank you very much for being a subscriber, a fan, or a listener. And we would like to keep in touch with you all. If you have a moment of time today, please go to www.facebook.com slash Unchained. Give us a like, drop a comment. This is going to be where you will get all the updates. We're going to ask questions. We want to get feedback. We want to see support. We want to build an audience. Game Dev Unchained, the podcast. We are on Facebook. It is live. And welcome back. Thanks for sticking with us and not giving up. This is Larry Charles. This is Game Dev Unchained, the podcast. And we're going right back in with Jeff on how to be awesome at indie development from your own home. Yeah. <laughs> get it. Get us out for yeah, get a soundproof door. Yeah. That's so, it. Jeff, you know, uh, as a co-host talking to you uh, and as a listener talking to you, you don't sound very jaded. <laughs> you sound, you've been through it. You sound experienced, but you, you maintain that positivity that we all always want to, you know, yeah. hit. Like, it, what's your secret, man? Like, it, has it been just working out of the office away from it all? Or was it more like just being, you know, eyes on the goal, yeah. that kind of thing? Oh, man, I've definitely gone through my phases of crustiness for sure. <laughs> crustiness. I'm pretty, I'm pretty, I'm pretty positive now because I'm doing my own thing. Like, it's, it's, it's my project. It's my yeah. vision. Steve and I, you know, working on our thing. Um but yeah, I mean, God, I can't, I really can't, I can't uh, fall for that. I'm not going to fall for that. <laughs> Take the bait. <laughs> yeah. I mean, really it's, for me, it was, um, staying positive is just kind of making adjustments. So if you, if, when I felt like I was getting like really stressed out or just angry or not happy, that's mm-hmm. the time when I would, I would make a move. That's, that's the time when I would say, um, I think it's time for me to try out a different studio, work on a different project. Right. Um, but always, always do it. Um, always leave your studio um, with that door open. Right. Exactly. Um, and on a good, because re- I've had so many. I did a ton of work for Volition on all the Saints Row games as a freelancer because I left on good terms with them. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's just sort of being in touch with uh, with the way that you feel and the way that you're the direction that you're going in, and then making adjustments. So. Right. With a smile. Like the, the the worst is when you work. You guys know totally what I'm talking about. You're working with someone who's just like poison. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like they're always complaining. You go on your oh, walk, man, your, yeah. your 45 minute walk around the whatever yeah, yeah, at yeah, lunch, yeah. and like they're just complaining the whole time, and like that's gonna bring you down. So yeah. you got to cut. Sucks. Those. You understand, but it's like, bro, I walked out of the office, so I don't have to hear this <laughs> yeah, shit. Yeah. Why are you telling me yeah. this stuff? Yeah. Trying to bring my anxiety levels down. Yeah. It's uh, I I really do feel like part of HR department needs like a therapeutic. I don't know. I I feel like when even if they're a part of the the system in some way, it might be <laughs> not good. But there should be some kind of place where where you know you can invent healthily yeah. without infecting. It's it's a uh, it's actually better for the studio. Like where you're not poisoning the well. Yeah. In that way, but like more of a positive. Well, you're right. And, but then you're not working. Yeah, you're not working. But I mean, honestly, you you you're going to oh, retain right. more people. Well, yeah, you have more positive because a lot of people don't know how to deal with this type of stuff. They don't know how to deal with stress. Yeah. They don't know how to deal yes. with stuff that isn't going their way. And if they yep. if a bunch of untrained employees are just mingling, 
it just makes it worse. Yeah, you know? because if you look at it this way, let's say there was an outlet for this type of thing, then that individual who more or less would have been poisoning the seven or eight people going on the walkabout yeah. could vent to some sort of professional listener right, yeah. or you know what I mean? Like you can yeah. stop, I guess the flow of negativity or at least try to fix it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I stress I... and... Go ahead, Brandon. No, go ahead. No, I was just going to say stress manages management is incredibly important. I mean, I dealt with that a lot earlier in my career, like really bad anxiety type related stuff. Um, and I thought I was the only one dealing with that, but then it turns out there's a lot of people <laughs> in these in these high pressure like games development is a really high stress yeah. deadline driven thing. There's a lot of people yeah. um, dealing with that. So yeah, um, yeah. you're you're going your corner and you see other people breathing in their brown bag. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah. What I my barometer for that kind of thing is after a team meeting. Do people just go immediately back to work or do yeah. they go on a walkabout? Yeah. <laughs> There's like 250 people walking together. Like right after the team meeting and you give the news and then you see oh people leave. God. It's always yeah. groups of twos. <laughs> you never there see anyone walking there. alone. Yeah. Yeah. There goes the, there goes the uh, Saints Row 2 team. Yeah, yeah, 100, yeah. 150 people parading around outside. Yep. Yeah, yeah. But if they just go back to work and start doing your job, that's when you know, okay, they trust us, <laughs> everything is good, yeah. we're on track. Yeah, let's get this going, guys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. That's definitely something I picked up. Yeah, the, the, the lunchtime walks, man. You learn a lot. <laughs> <laughs> learn too much sometimes. Yeah. All right, so I would like you to preach to me for a moment as if, let's say, I'm working at my desk job. I have this inkling or this this idea that I want to pursue, and I'm by myself, you know. Um, you <laughs> found – you went out looking for someone to work with, you know. Was that the best course, or do you think someone who – like, it sounds like you have all the hats that you wear. You could have made a game by yourself, you know. Um, yeah. Why... I'm, picturing, I'm picturing you just like – nervously looking around your office for like, will that person work with me? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> what yeah, about yeah. that person? Yeah. Um, How do you go about I, securing that extra, that extra help? I yeah. Guess? I mean, I would say in no way, shape or form would I ever have been able to make this game myself. Cause okay. I don't know the first thing about programming. Okay. <laughs> so if you want to make a game, you have to have a really strong programmer and you have to have a really strong, uh, multi-talented, I think like a generalist artist who mm. can do a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, so if you know that you can hit Larry, like if you're, you know, you're a really talented artist and you can do at least 50% of the art duties yourself, mm -hmm. um, you want to, I mean, I would say you want to start thinking about, um, we're probably going to need another artist to handle the other stuff. And then we right. definitely need at least one programmer mm -hmm. because that, that programmer has to do everything, AI, mm -hmm. Uh, gameplay mechanics, uh, player control, Interface as well as stuff. tools. To, yeah, yeah, tools. To, I mean, I'm constantly going to Steve and I'm like, dude, we're, um, we have like a real-time day-night cycle on the surface of this alien moon. So there's like actual weather changes. Mm -hmm. He had to code all of that. Yeah. And then I said, when you go underground, the lighting has to shift and the weather has to turn off. Yeah. And I'm just like, I don't, I have, I don't know how to do that. Yeah. So I just pitch these ideas and he'll go offline for a week and come back and he's like, all right, I, I, I coded this, this system. So right. you got to find the best possible person that you can, that you can pull on that you're friends with. Cause you're going to be working very closely. It's like another marriage really. Yeah. For me. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so well, it's, it's yeah. so nice that you guys hit it off so naturally. And I, I feel 
with our similar backgrounds, it's oftentimes you find people uh, who are as cool as you <laughs> in our industry. You don't see, you know, you don't find someone who are a holy uh, <laughs> too much, yeah. too much. But uh, yeah, and you have to trust that person completely. Um, no. You know, a lot of what we do is not development. It's a lot of business development and negotiating contracts and like negotiating equity in our company between two people. It's like, well, if this thing gets big, like you were saying, Larry, mm -hmm. we have to spend the time to like really have some really brutally honest conversations with each other about <laughs> ownership in the company. Mm -hmm. yeah. So like finding someone with a really good business sense and someone that you can speak really frankly to yeah. is, is really important. Like you can't beat around the bush. Yeah. yeah. Um, how, how was that side of things? It's like, you know, development wise, you guys are, you know, more trained in that. Right. A lot of us aren't business-wise very yeah. uh, talented. <laughs> I mean, we would have to learn as we go. But yeah. is, do you guys have backgrounds in that, or was it more of just research and just checking things out? So I had a bit of a background in, in business. I mean, I've done a lot of freelancing. Right. Um, so I, help. yeah, I had my, I have like my own little consulting company that I took freelance projects through. So just working with external clients and like doing contracts and stuff like that. I mean, initially I had no experience at all but then I just did it mm -hmm. and went through the process and learned how to do it so I don't think that should stop anyone from trying to make an indie game right. because what's going to happen is, is you're just going to have to you're going to have to just brute force your way through it and learn how to do it like mm -hmm. you know trial by fire um, so I did have some experience in that um, which which definitely helped but um, you just when you make an indie game you just have to just you just have to jump into the deep end and be like... Wear different hats, yeah. Yep, and just accept the fact that you don't know everything. Right. And you're going to learn a lot. That answers your question. Definitely. So I've got a question for you because now let's talk to the upper echelon of the, I guess, indie developers out there who are like, yeah, I've got the program, I've got the business sense. I think the common area where most indie games are unsuccessful is they don't go into it thinking about marketing and respect <laughs> it well enough. And oh, absolutely. I heard you say, like, you know, marketing, that, you know, you're going to be doing marketing as well. Um, yeah. I guess what's your standpoint on the value of marketing for an indie project and how how yeah. important do you feel it is? It's incredibly important. Um, and I, I also feel pretty blessed there, too, because I worked um, I worked for the marketing department at 2K. So I did trailers. Oh, I was doing the trailers, yeah. putting their trailers together. So. This guy, dude. <laughs> One turning, man army. I'm turning red. <laughs> this um, guy's solid snake, dude. <laughs> <laughs> snake. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, it's super important because, I mean, and that's what we're, we're sort of running into now is the competition in the indie space is just brutal. I mean, there's just way too many games coming out. Yeah. And I realize that I'm contributing to that. But just getting yourself, getting your project in front of people and, and getting eyes on it is... Um, is one of the hardest things to to have to do. So, yeah. So having a website, a professional website, having a really good Facebook page and Twitter page, a YouTube channel, like you have to do all of that, or else nobody's going to see it and nobody's going to care. Um, and it's it's been really. I've learned a lot. I mean, I'm doing. I'm the marketing guy. So, like, um, it's it's. I sent out tons of emails, right? This is our project. This is coming from these senior developers of XYZ to all the like IGNs and GameSpots. Never didn't get a single response back. 
mm-hmm. um, from the big boys, but we have gotten quite a bit of coverage from some of the smaller websites. And mm-hmm. like, that's something that no one tells you as an yeah. indie developer. That's so, uh, don't expect to hear back until like your game is at PAX mm-hmm. or your game is at E3 or you've, for us, I think becoming Xbox PlayStation developers is going to help us out a lot. Oh, of um, course. Uh, but initially it's, the odds are completely stacked against you as far as, uh, as far as people seeing your project. Um, but for us, we, we knew that we wanted to do that because we're going to be kickstarting our game. Right. Let's get into that. Another exclusive? That's another exclusive, yeah. Boom. Uh, Look um, at this. (laughs) Yeah, so, uh, so we're going to be kickstarting in a couple months, so... That's a whole other thing. You have to build a huge following of people before you even kickstart or else it'll fail. It's like yeah. so you have to have a community of people following you before you kickstart. So yeah. it's right now that's the big challenge for us and for me is basically like working on the game. Mm-hmm. Right. There's so many other distractions. Right. Um I just try to focus on the game like 90% of the time and then um do the other stuff. So you're you're mentioning your Kickstarter in a couple months. Um, is that because that certain month is special and it just needs that much preparation for, it or is there a certain reason why uh, yeah. that's set there? Um, it's it's mainly just because where we are in development. Okay. Um, we we finally got to the point where we had content that was really professional and really cool, and we knew that it would get people excited. So we've we've sort of continually pushed off the Kickstarter to be totally honest, because mm-hmm. you you have to go like all guns blazing. Yeah. You cannot hold back. Like nobody knows who we are. So we got to put something out there. That's just incredible. So mm-hmm. we feel like we're, you know, maybe three or four months out. Nice. And, and we'll be able to, to knock people's socks off. So, oh, yeah, man. So it's been an hour. Uh, and I must say it's been an honor and a pleasure as always, but I always mean it. We, at this point in the time of the podcast, we, we shut up <laughs> and we give you the microphone to just speak to the audience and promote or advertise any one thing that you're really excited about. I'm pretty sure I already know what you're going to say, but <laughs> that doesn't mean that I don't give you the right to say it. So, sir, our audience is yours. Awesome. Yeah, first of all, thanks for the opportunity. This is a ton of fun. If you ever need any, if you ever need any more, uh, you want to check in again, let me know. Oh, how about guys, closer to your Kickstarter? Yeah, let's do definitely. That. Let's, do. Let's, let's, do, let's that. do that. Yeah. Um, Gosh, I mean, the other thing you can't be afraid of when you're an indie dev, dev is self-promotion. Yeah. you got to promote yourself a little bit. So, uh, you got to pour it out there. Yeah, we're, <laughs> we are really excited about the game, and we think it's going to do well, and, and people are going to have a lot of fun uh, playing the game. So, again, I guess the, um, our website is a new the game, so it's anewthegame.com. Um, and at, towards the bottom of the website, we've got a Facebook um, Twitter and YouTube account. Um, so please, if you're interested, if, if the game looks cool, I mean, I'm not going to, you know, I can't force you to follow us, but if it looks like something you want to play, please do follow us and, uh, and, um, don't be afraid to post on our Facebook page and stuff like that. So that's the promotional part. Uh, yep. Kickstarting in a couple months. And, uh, man, I hope this, I hope this podcast blows up. Because you guys, oh. you guys are. This is seriously. This is a good thing. Like this is important. Um, and I know it's a pretty unique thing that you're doing. So I hope that um, you guys market mm-hmm. your podcast and like get it out there in front of people. Um, because it's an underserved. I think it's an underserved market. Like that you guys are making your podcast for. So uh, so I hope that you guys continue to grow your audience and um, educate. Yeah, definitely. 
if our fans aren't less uh are, aren't lazy <laughs> and share it then we'd that's, be good that's what i'm talking about man it's, it's hard it's hard to it's hard to grow an audience yeah yeah, yeah. no dude I, our fans are pretty good so far like our, our fans have been awesome also, yeah every now and then we get somebody's like yeah we really like what you're doing and i've shared it with like all my friends and i just like man thank you so much you don't <laughs> yeah, have to it's, it's really good you. yeah 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 that's exactly what we feel. It's like each and every person, when I see a new like on our Facebook page, it's like, like it's, it, it means it means so much to know, like, yeah, one more person likes or subscribes to our YouTube channel or our Twitter account. It, like, it, it, there are two pe- human beings making this game. Yeah. It's not it's not this corporate machine. So it really does mean a lot. So yeah, yeah to us at this level, we care about every single individual who yep. is behind us cheering us on. Yep, absolutely. So. Thanks for, thanks for the opportunity, guys. No, thank you for the opportunity. It's the opposite, man. This is awesome. Uh, nice. Thanks, guys. Well, um, I'm going to sign out first because I'm the one that's talking. Larry Charles, thank you for watching and listening and taking part of Game Dev Unchained, the podcast. I'm out. Hey, this is Brandon Pham. I'm out. See you guys next week. Thanks again. Jeff Spoonhauer. All right, guys. <laughs>